0: All right, good morning. Hey, guys, it's a happy Easter to you. Uh, You guys excited to be here? Uh, Easter is about a celebration. And uh, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, um, uh, this morning I wanted to have uh, uh, our English ministry and I wanted to have our Spanish ministry. Aquí las Américas con nosotros. Muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. I wanted uh, everyone, to, um, I, I wanted us to display the spirit of Jesus. And uh, we are together uh, because we are, brought, we are bonded by Jesus Christ. And, um, and so this is why I wanted to have Spanish and English together this morning. Um, you know, uh, don't you love Easter? I really like. You know what? I'm like. How many of you got something new on just for Easter? You know? Yeah, yeah. You get. I'm like. I'm like. You know. It's so funny. Uh, this morning, as like Larry comes in, I say, "Wow, Larry, you look good." and He goes, "Like, hey, you look good too, Edgar." And we're right there, just looking at one another. And he goes, like, "I like your shoes." Yeah, I got, like my shoes too. They're, these are brand new. My Easter shoes. You know. But you know, the, something about Easter, you just get excited and. You know, uh you, you put on, you you, you want to look a little bit nicer. You want to get the right colors on, right? And so it's always very exciting uh to um to be able to celebrate Easter. And um you know, what we're going to be doing this morning is that uh we're doing this as a uh combined uh sermon and communion message this morning. Uh, I'm going to lead us in some thoughts um, for about 15 minutes. And then we have four people that are going to be coming up to sharing what uh, the resurrection of Jesus means to them. Uh, Because, you know, the whole thing about uh, the resurrection, it has to be personal. Um, And when I think about Jesus and when I think about the resurrections and the significance of it, I just think about how um, just how personal it has to be. Uh, there was a time where, um, you know, you've heard of, of uh, individuals, they're called, uh, I don't, I can't remember what they're called, but they only, they're uh, Easter and Christmas uh, service only. Oh, what is it? Me me. Oh, Holly, Lily? Holly Lily? Holly uh, Lily Christians. You know, there's only certain days, you know, you just, those, you know, me growing up, uh, I, we didn't even go to Easter service or, or I mean, or Christmas service, I, I you know, I, I just, I, I didn't. We, that's not the way that, that I grew up. Uh, we just didn't go. We went very few times. And, um, and so, um, you know, it, it's all become very personal to me. I remember a time where uh, I was a disciple of Jesus, and it was Easter. And I'm like, I mean, my, my family, were, they weren't disciples yet. And I was like, surely enough, they will come to service with me on Easter. You know, because you're always praying. You're always so surely. And I, and I was so devastated when they said no. And there I was just ironing my clothes, just crying for my family. Because I really wanted them to come, you know, and see, see God's kingdom and see the goodness of how great Jesus is. Uh, you know, thank God my parents are disciples and they're here today now, you know, many years later. So thank God for that. Uh, so we always have to persevere and we always have to keep on praying but you know the um, the resurrection has to be something very personal. You know um yesterday uh we had some news of a uh one uh, to me I believe he's a uh, a kingdom or a, in our family of churches yeah I believe he's a hero in our in our in our in our in our uh, yeah just our family of churches and uh we want to put up a picture of um of Scott Green you know um who who uh, you know in the '80s? You know he's the one that moved to uh, I think Hong Kong, and you know we have all these churches throughout Asia now, and even underground churches, and, and you know, and uh, you know it, he his life was was he led it with sacrifice. He moved his, uh, out there, and um, you know I uh, think it, I think sometime last year we got to know um, that he had uh, he had some cancer and brain cancer, and uh, he ended up uh, passing away yesterday. And um, and so when you know, and, and even when I when I read the news, it was yesterday evening and stuff. When I saw it, it's like you know, I just had to share it, shed a tear. Uh, because this was a good man, this was a good man, you know, and just someone who really lived out his life just just sacrificially for the gospel. And uh, you know, and that's his wife, and he's got his families there. I think they were up in Seattle um, lately and stuff, but. But you, you think about you know when when somebody goes home to be with the Lord, you think about like you know that really brings Easter home. That really brings what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. And I want us to look over at Second uh, Timothy chapter four, verse six through eight. Segundo Timoteo capítulo de al Second Timothy four, uh, verse six through eight. And um, you think about what is it that drives us. Um, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 to 8, you know, what, what is it, that, what is the motivation? And, uh, you know, I think about what, what if uh, you don't really believe, right? It's like, I mean, what, you know, then what's the, what's the motivation, right? But, but the motivation is because we believe, you know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now they in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You know, and, um, you know, here uh, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, you know, but he says, you know, my life is being poured out. I have sacrificially lived my life for the gospel. You know, and, and the time has come for my departure. The time has come for my spirit to to leave this body. You know, and he says, you know, and I have fought the good fight. Had you ever gotten into a dumb fight? We well, get into a lot of dumb fights, right? A lot of, you know, bickering and just just like for, 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 uh, for dumb reasons, right? And, uh, but you know, this fight is uh, it's an honorable fight. It's noble. You know, it's, it's worthy. You know, you, you fight the good fight. He says, I fought it. You know, I finished the race and I've kept the faith. He didn't quit. He says And now I get to go to, to, to receive this promise. The promise that now there, in store for me, there's a crown of righteousness. You know, and 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 he lived his life out, you know, with the promise in mind. And when I think about the resurrection of Jesus, to me, it confirms the promises of God. It confirms that, you know what, we can believe what he said. You can believe these words. And we are driven and we live for the promises of God. You know, when uh, Jesus came... Um, well, let's look on over to Revelations chapter 7 in verse 13 through 17. Revelations chapter 7. You know, when he came, um, sometimes, you know, we always here, he came to, to bring the gospel, right? The gospel, the good news. Um, you know, and, uh, um, you know, what is that gospel? You know, and the thing when you really look at it, uh, at the center of the gospel was about his kingdom, and, uh, you know, that was the good news. What's the good news about the kingdom? That we all know what it's like in this world. We all know that, you know what, this world is driven by money and by power. Right? It's, it's, there's, there's lying. There's materialism. There's a lot of self-interest. You know, there's, there's a lot of greed. That's what this world is like. You know, this world doesn't know about an unconditional love. This world knows only about, hey, you know, uh, what can you do for me? And if you do something for somebody, there's usually is some expectation in return. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and so he's talking about It's like we know what it's like. We know what it's like, you know, to, to be hungry and to thirst. We know what it's like to be in our beds and be crying. We know what it's like to feel the lostness. Do you ever feel lost in this world? Do you ever feel like, wow, I'm doing all this and then I'm going to die and leave it all behind? You know, and you just, you know, and so so when Jesus came, he brings us a message of the kingdom of God. That there is something different. And in Revelation chapter 7, God gives John a vision of what the taste of heaven and uh, in, in verse in uh, in seven verse thir- Revelation chapter seven verse thirteen it says Then then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where do they come from? I answered, Sir, you know, and he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know, what an incredible promise. You know, but the first thing that really stood out to me about this elder, I really believe that this elder was a Latino. You know, I just, I'm like, this guy's Latino. He's asking a question when he already knows the answer. I'm like, you, you, I'm like, wow, I know as Latinos, we do that a lot. Oh, you know, where, how do you, oh, how, you know how I get over here? And you're like, well, let me think. And then they're like, oh, yeah, oh, I know how. Oh, you take this, and then they tell you, you know what I mean? You're, they, they tell you the answer to their own questions. That's what this elder did. You know, sir, you know, who, who are these? And then he answers. You know, it's like someone who thinks out loud, right? That's what, yeah, there's no, you know, they're always thinking that loud, you know, and so, so, so you hear everything, you know, but, he, but he asked them this question, you know, and who are they? These are the ones that had come out of the great tribulation. That's kind of a, you know, very prophetic word. It just means the persecution at that time, the Christians were being killed. They were being persecuted for their faith. You know, And so these are the ones that didn't quit, that they they did not deny Jesus Christ. They are the ones who have washed their robes. Well, how do you wash? Well, don't you need some water to wash? A reference to those who have been baptized into Jesus, that they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That is the blood of Jesus that cleanses you, that takes away all the stains of sin in your life that now you are before him, that you have this white robe now. You have these new clothes. The Bible talks about being clothed with Christ. It's so important to come to understand what Jesus has done for you, for you to participate in his death, and his burial, and his resurrections through the waters of baptism. You know, and he goes on and says, and what are these guys doing? The ones that have understood, they serve Him day and night. Can't you tell someone who really gets it? Who when the, the resurrection is very personal to them, don't you see them serving the gospel? You see them serving day and night. You see them with a new purpose and a new mission in life. They have a new reason as to why they get up each and every day. And they serve And he gives these amazing promises. He says, never again will they hunger. Which gives you an understanding of Jesus and his miracles. He's teaching, you'll never go hungry. And yet, what does he do on this earth? He feeds 5,000 people out of barely anything. And his miracles confirm the promise. He says there will be no more sickness there. And what does he do on this earth? He goes around and he's healing the sick. He's confirming the promises of his words. He says there is no more dying there. And what does he do on this earth? He raises people from the dead so that we can believe his words. He says there is no more crying there. And I love the story of when the, uh, the women are the ones that go to the tomb, right? After he was buried to, to go visit him. And there's a lot of crying. Right? And then later on they see Jesus and that crying turns into joy. And they are overjoyed that he is alive. You know, he says no more crying I have raised from the dead. You know, he knows of the despair and the hopelessness of this world. And he says, no more. I give people hope. You know, and so this resurrection confirms the promises of God. This resurrection confirms that there is a kingdom of God. The resurrection confirms that we can have a new life. You don't have to live by the standards of this world. Follow Jesus. I love that when Jesus raises from the dead, he says, go tell the disciples, you know, that I'm returning to my father, your father, my God, your God. You know, and he makes God a father. And sometimes we can blame God for all the imperfect things that happen in this world, can we not? We could even blame for imperfect parents or the injustice of this world, not realizing that the imperfections of this world are supposed to lead you to a perfect father. The imperfections of those that you love the most are supposed to lead you to a perfect father. It's supposed to draw you in. You know, the resurrection confirms that our lives can change. It confirms a power beyond ourselves to change and to give us through life. Have you noticed in the Bible, when he doesn't want you to do it, he wants you to come to him and surrender it over to him? Have you noticed that? That he wants you to, you know, to cast your anxieties? He wants you to inquire of him. Do you want me to do this, Lord, or do you not want me to do this, God? God, on my own, I cannot change. Yeah, that's right. And you're supposed to say, God, I cannot change. And God, unless you change me, I will not. So God changed me. I surrendered myself, created me a pure heart, a new heart, oh God. It's a power that's not not your power. It's not your strength. It's a power of God in your life. The resurrection confirms that there is a spiritual life. You know, the resurrection makes the kingdom real. It makes the power of evil real. It makes the impact on your life very real. It makes joy real. It makes forgiveness real. It gives new, uh, uh, it makes new life very real, amen. So we are here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, you know. And so right now we have uh, four individuals. I want to call up. Uh, you know, we're going to hear from Chris Angiano, and um, he should hopefully be back back here, right? We got Chris Angiano. That's Jose Angiano's brother. Uh, he's a disciple of Jesus. He's going to be sharing. Then we have uh, Laura Pollard's going to be sharing. Uh, then we have uh, Kelly Gomez. And then uh, Roland Santos is going to be sharing about the, um, uh, what the resurrection means to them, that this is something very personal to them. And then I'll come back and, and uh, say a word of prayer so we can t- to all take communion together. Amen? All right, thank you. I give you guys Chris Angiano. Come on up, Chris.